In this one, we talk about we talk about leading and the different personalities, leaning into the tension, like leaning into the tension and saying we can. We I believe that we can work this out, especially with uh, being a Christian organization. We have that at the basis of it. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's great to be with you again today on Tribes to Tribe. We're a podcast helping you and your leadership. We share our experiences, our lessons learned, and things that we've discovered on our way to this thing called a multicultural church. How are you guys doing today? It's good to see you all again. Good to see you. I'm good. I'm doing good, though. Yeah, I'm good. All right. We got yeah. Barry White over here again still. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. that... That voice. Yeah. And, hey, Dwight, you were on the mound Sunday, which yeah. means you were preaching at yep. Tribes Church. Yep, yep, yep. If you're listening today and you haven't had a chance to see that, you've got to go to media tab on tribeschurch.tv. Yep. Yep. Well done, young man. That Dwight was Jakes. phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was a good, it was, it was a good, good opportunity. Three years, three years later, I preached, I preached three years ago, but it was, it was really good. Uh, awesome. Just to get the message of the mosaic space and kind of what's happened with the new role that I have not the church. Just really want to get all that stuff out so people could see it and understand it and really know what tribes is about. So yeah, by, I think it's what I titled it, uh, Bias in the Bible, question mark, question mark. And it's just to kind of crook people's mark, ears. That, that way they know like <laughs> there was some bias in the Bible, and, and it actually is addressed. There so, sure was. There was yeah. a lot of bias. Yeah. Question mark, question mark. Yeah, question mark, question mark. Whenever you say bias. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but you did a great job and you. you know represented tribes very well. And it was biblical. It was mm-hmm. sound. It yeah. was fun. You you know, personable. You talk very fast, oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I thought maybe we were going to get out of church early. <laughs> I had a lot to say, yeah. and, you, and you got it all out. All, all that out. you had to say, you yeah. got it out. I looked at the clock, and it was just like I ended like right at ten fifty nine. I was like, "Good job, boy. <laughs> good job." That's awesome. Well, now we know what the D and T D Jake stands for. T Dwight Jakes. Yes, that's right. There that's it right. is. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, I mean, you did a great job, though, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. And I don't use. I said, if Cam said he enjoyed it, I was about to say, I, I, Cam went. You know, Cam I wouldn't lie. lie. You got yeah. you guys are beginning to see his personality. He, if he don't like it, he would tell you that he don't like it. And so, I appreciate that. I, I sat through the whole service that I could without yeah. the. You know, we have musicians that are kind of needy at our church sometimes. Bless him. So we love we love all of you. Says Dwight. I appreciate all of you. I'm looking at all the cameras so that we can see. You guys are amazing, but. <laughs> You know, they're wonderful, you know. but they need direction every now and, and some, then. And, and leadership is a part of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, speaking of leadership. Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to continue. But before we do that, I just want to remind the listeners and those that are watching us on YouTube. Hey, if this is adding value to you or, you know, somebody who would like to listen to us, make sure that you subscribe, mm-hmm. like and follow us. Mm-hmm. Our podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, yep. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Stitcher. Yep. Um, YouTube, you can see us. So, you know, you can catch us on all platforms available. So check us out, like us, leave us a comment. I love the inboxes that we've been getting. Um, Those are fun to read. I'm glad that we're helping some of you guys out and we will continue to be authentic. That seems to be what everybody loves is the... They get to see they get to see the non Sunday version of us. Which yeah, is good. yeah, right, so, absolutely. So that's fun. But yeah, we're gonna f- we're on part two today of leadership. Yeah. It was such a good conversation. People 
you know, enjoyed it. People enjoyed what we had to say. So, and I didn't get through my questions. Yeah. So, oh boy, I kind of right. had my story yeah. that I didn't tell last yeah. week. Okay. I'm not gonna tell it today. Okay. I got a different story. Okay. So, different story. So this happened okay. to me um, probably last week. I got a guy that I'm uh, that works for us at one of my businesses. I won't say which one, so he doesn't know what I'm talking about. But um, a friend of his came in uh, to purchase one of our products, and he also wanted to apply to work where you know we're at my business or the business that i run um he walked in and he had the uh you know make america great hat on mm. um he had the trump for president shirt on mm. he had a trump for president sticker on his car mm. and um i found myself immediately making a separation mm. in myself and this individual like mm. i can't deal or work with you because I don't support everything that President Trump says. I mean, I'm just going to be frank about it. That's not, he's not my favorite guy at all. So I kind of was like, huh, that's not a good thing to do. You know, that's not, and the guy wanted to apply, and in my head I was like, there's no way you're getting a job, sir. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Not at all, not even a chance. So I had to check myself, first of all, and repent, and I had to take the dude's application. He's still not getting the job, though, just He's just not qualified, but he's just not getting a job. That's so because brought he's up, not qualified, Yeah, that's because right? he's not qualified, okay. but it yeah. brought up a question. So my question I got a good message you could listen to. It's on bias. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I will go check that out because, I, I, you know, and I'm honest. your bias was I, large listen, and it charge, was. Right? It, and it jumped, and I did, it jumped faster than I could catch it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just real. happened, but it brought up a question. So my question is, how do you lead people, both of you being leaders, with lead people who have just a different views than you they have different character than you they operate off of different morals but you still have to lead them um specifically in this church space like how do you do that without the the bias so i don't know which one you want to take that first but um go ahead fast don you can well once again you've said a whole lot there in your opening and so the question is how do you lead people who are different than you you said something though that have different morals that one People who have different morals, that becomes a little bit more difficult or challenging because here in the church, we can expect or hope that we all kind of share a similar value system, that we're all operating under the same morals, that God's command is to love him and to love others, and that we're to live life being kind and gracious and not selfish, and we're not to judge, we're not to be prejudiced or have racism. If we don't have the same morals, that becomes tricky, but not impossible. I find that leadership for me is all about me becoming a better person. Leadership for me is not necessarily about changing people, Mm -hmm. but it is becoming about understanding who they are, where they are, finding points of relational connection. So how can I connect with you? We're going to disagree on eight things I got to find the two things that we are going to connect on and start to build a relationship and build some trust around those things for the greater good. When I'm leading, I don't have the luxury of saying, oh, I like this person or I don't like that person. I am called of God in my my role here. I love all of the people that we work with, but I'm going to have chemistry with others that just kind of clicks. But one way I can love all people which we're commanded to do and is good for good leadership is to care for all of the people who serve in the organization or the ministry that you're leading 
is to get to know them, to yeah. understand them, figure out what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. And some leaders might, you know, say, well, that's not necessary. You know, I'm the boss up in here. That's it. Just do your job. I don't have to like you. That used to work with my generation <laughs> or the generation above me. But I'll tell you right now, leading millennials and the younger generation, that will not work. I w a, a millennial will not work for you and give you their best just because you're their boss. Correct. If I don't like you, if we don't have relationship, if I don't trust you, I don't even need this job. I That's will leave. correct, too. So it becomes very important for us to take time to learn mm -hmm. the people that are in our organization and to find the connection points that we can share. Yeah. Even though some, much of perhaps their personality we might find, and by the way, it's good to have people on your staff that have yes. think differently than you yeah. and feel differently than you. Mm -hmm. If we believe in this thing called mosaic, yep. we're going to think differently, yep. right, Dwight? Yeah, we're going to have different values. We're supposed to, right? So like, when I talked about on Sunday is I think when you, when you ask the question of like leading someone that has different views than you, that's important because we all have blind spots. And I think having people that are different than you in your circle allow you to see those blind spots. And Proverbs 7, I think it's eighteen seventeen. it says, you know, the, the, when you tell a story, it makes 100% truth until the other side comes into the picture. And I think that scripture is like really buzzing in my brain, but it's just, it's so true that, like I think about your, your story, if you just say, okay, I'm, I'm never going to hire anybody that I disagree with from that, that's, that lens, then there's a whole side of the story because every side of every story, some, there's, a, there's a grain of truth in it. There's, there, there's a perspective that we may not be um, uh, privy to. And I think for me, when I lead people, I always try to find why do they think what they think. Where, like, and I always try to build a relationship with the person to say, well, what's making you, like, like Pastor Don said, like, what makes you tick? What makes you not tick? And some of the things that make you tick are things that I love to do or, or vice versa. But it's really genuinely trying to understand the person. Like, that's what we're called to do. As a leader, you're discipling people. And so, like, I think about Jesus. He disagreed with, uh, like, like, think about Peter. Think about, he disagreed. Think about Judas, right? Like, Judas is a thief. Like, but somehow Jesus found a way to lead 12 different, completely different people with different views down it. And, and I mean, to me, that's the call of Christianity is, is, is to build disciples and to build people of different different gifts. Because that while that guy may not be the fit for, you know, for the, the, the space you're in, but, like, he might have a different perspective, have a different gift that can be helpful in some other area. Uh, so when I lead, I always try to get to know the person and try to understand them and try to understand what if, if they can't bring value in this space, where then can they bring value? Because that's one of the big things. There are people who, in the worship side of things, who might say, you know, I want to play piano. And it's just like, okay, no, you're not. You're, 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 like, it's just like, uh, no, I, I know that you've been watching YouTube videos and I know you feel like God's called you to play piano, but like, no, like here we want a different, like we want to have a certain level of skill. And I think with different views, you have to lay out your expectations. And if some people just don't agree with your views, then in some cases you say, okay, hey, maybe this isn't the space. And, that, and that's kind of the, the far side of it is that when you have clear a uh, clear vision of what you are and what you're about. If their views don't align with that, then you can go someplace else, which is... Well, you know, they either have to get on board and come yeah. in alignment and figure out, or you as a leader figure yeah. out what's standing in the way of you maybe 
So you think about, you talked about Jesus and the disciples. Think about how different all of those men were and their personalities and how he was such an amazing leader that, like we said, he got to know each one of them and he related to each one of them differently. I want to talk in a minute. We don't have to jump there right now, but we've been doing some of that work on staff getting to know each other's personalities. We've figured out that we have different thinking styles. We have different leadership styles, Mm -hmm. as each one of us is a leader. Mm -hmm. We have different personality styles, Mm -hmm. conflict resolution styles, communication styles. And it's been a journey for us. And literally, when I say journey, we've been very intentional about understanding each other and figuring each other out so that we know how better to interact one to another. Like I can say what I know about Dwight, like, oh, Dwight's not, Dwight's not being um, impatient right now. He just jumped from vision to his engineer brain, which means he's trying to figure out how's this going to work. Yeah, how to get it done. Yeah, so figuring each other out is important. But, you know, going back to what you said too, I think it's important that we're not all the same. God's word tells us that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so it is really in some of these differences First of all, that help us be complete yep. in our viewpoint and yep. our perspectives, but also really do sharpen us. Yep. If it wasn't for the challenging staff that I had a few years ago that we were just even talking about, I don't think that I would have been challenged in my leadership. If it would have been so easy, yep. but it made me go down deep. It made me study. It made me read. It made me yep. cry. Us challengers. Us challengers. Yes. But you guys. Yeah, I mean, but that's important. What you guys said is amazing. I mean, for me, like I said, my body. So the other week I failed the pop quiz. Remember that? Pastor Don gave us our pop quiz oh, yeah. with the with the chair. I failed that, and I failed the biases. So I know <laughs> you, you, I got a lot of work to do. You're 0 for 2. Yeah, I'm 0 for 2. Because, I mean, what you said is important, though, like trying to, as much as I dislike or as much as I may disagree with leadership or may disagree with people that, have different views than me. This specific instance was just political and the president. I still have to, the kingdom in me has to figure out even politically what good, what am I not seeing? What's my blind spots? Because it's easy to go off of everything that you may see. And and, and that can be co- correlated to an individual. It's easy to go off what you hear. It's easy to go off of what you may perceive about that person. But if you don't dig deeper to understand and see where you connect as hard as it may be, because I can't say that if that guy wanted to be like, hey, Cam, let's go to lunch, I'd have been like, mm, I don't know. But it's important, you know, and it's important, even past the dawn, what you touched on with knowing people. Obviously, I can't get to know those that are in political power, but in leadership specifically at the church, it's important to get to know who you're working with, who you're working for. I've had the privilege to get to know both of you very well. and. We took this. We took this thing around here called uh, the Enneagram. Did I say that right? Yeah, Enne- the Enneagram mm-hmm. test. Yeah. That's kind of what Pastor Don was touching on. Um, I would encourage anybody who has a team take it and have your team mm-hmm. take it because mm-hmm. it gives a lot of insight on what we're talking about knowing. Like I know for me, I was an eight, yeah, a com- which is a challenger. Surprise, everyone! I was a challenger. <laughs> I was like a ninety-seven percent challenger, and I had zero peacemaker. So. The peacemakers that are on staff here, um, I have to learn how to communicate with them because that's not me. That's not my 
my style. I'll be like, let's get it done. Let's figure it out. It can make everybody in this room uncomfortable, but we're going to have this conversation and we're going to talk about it. And the peacemakers will be like, I don't, I'm not going to yeah. say anything. So learning who you're leading has been interesting around here. You know, so yeah. interesting. And but, also you're talking about learning who you're leading and then learning who I am mm -hmm. as a leader yep. when I'm leading you. Yep. Because there's certain things that I would have said be true of me as a leader until I got that type of a personality in the team. And then I realized maybe you're it's triggering to me or maybe that's challenging to me because you're not just going along with status quo and I get defensive. Or maybe I'm really enjoying the stimulation that happens the way your brain thinks. So we did this it's a temperament survey, if you will, and it's more enlarged than the basic disc yeah. many of you have yeah. been um, accustomed to or the Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. that has different or um, Strength Finders is another one. Many tools that we can use in corporate and church yeah. life. But this one is called the Enneagram, yeah. and it's based on nine personality types, and we'd like to say they're nine normals. Yeah. These are normal personality types, and maybe just for the listener, we could go through what each one of them means, okay. and it won't take a long time, but just so they understand. So the number one, a one, and this, again, there's an evaluation that will help you know what you are. Dwight's are you one. waving to a one? I'm, I'm waving to all my one friends. We, yeah. We're good people. Dwight, are you a one? I am. So this is the reformer. So yeah. since you're a one, why don't you talk about it real quick? That yeah. What I'm reading here is the rational, idealistic type, yeah. principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Yeah, yeah that's that's me. The perfectionist. It's It's... It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's good in a group because it, it, it kind of gives you a, a moral, in a sense, some, in some things I've read, like a moral compass. Like, okay, hey, we want to go this direction. So when the group kind of begins to go all over the place, it kind of helps you kind of steer that direction. But the problem with that is sometimes when the boat doesn't go the way you want it to go, you end up getting frustrated. And so so, there, so there's this tension that you live in um, that, that, that really, um, you, have to, you have to work through. Uh, that I am, uh, I am still working through, um, and like what she talked about with the enneagram is that it tells you where you are when you're healthy and, and kind of well when you're emotionally mm -hmm. healthy and when you're emotionally not healthy. And so I'm, my personality type is a perfectionist, um, but when I'm healthy, I'm a seven, which is like an enthusiast. So like I'm easy to get along with, everything kind of goes well. But when I'm not healthy, I turn into like a four, which is a creative, which means I exaggerate everything. And so he, I, me and Cam have a, a front time sometimes. Like when I'm in a, when I'm in, emotionally a little bit stressed out what'll happen is uh somebody will say i'll be late I'm, I'm running late for rehearsal and i'm like the, the world's ending like the whole service is about to is about to go crazy because one person's going to be five minutes late and it's just like dwight and so with that i'm not able to recognize dwight that's just your four coming out so you're a little bit unhealthy it's not that big of a deal and then somebody that came and be like dwight they're here now and i'll be like oh service went okay and it's just like yeah all right bet. yes <laughs> Yeah, so you're kind of you get into that all or nothing yeah. place, and you yeah. get into a little bit of the catastrophizing. Oh, that yeah, everything yeah. is just so massive. it does. The whole world blows up. It at blows. The it's awful. And we've talked you off the ledge <laughs> yeah. before. And for me, I just look at them like <laughs> I've learned now to let them get it out. But when we first started working together, I'd be like, "What is wrong with you?" Just <laughs> calm down. Just sorry. I discovered, you know, so there uh, I'm speaking about my leadership. So yeah. when I started to crack the code on Dwight's temperament, I recognized, oh, okay, 
the, the flexibility just isn't at, as much as yeah. like I can say something to someone else and they're they just roll with it. Oh, yeah. okay, we're going that way. Okay. Yeah. If I say it to Dwight, no, I need about three days to prepare. <laughs> I gotta I gotta hint to it. I gotta put it out on an outline, send it in an email, and then drop the bomb day yeah. three, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's the number one, that's the, the reformer. One. And yeah. as you are alluding to that there's a strength and there's a weakness mm. when you're a one and the filter of strength is there, you turn into a, a seven. seven. Yeah. And when through the one you get into weaknesses, yep. a one with a four wing. Yeah, four, yeah the, four, the four is my unhealthy. Is uh, the unhealthy yeah. place. Yeah. So the, another, the number is two, mm-hmm. and the two is the helper, and mm-hmm. they're very caring, interpersonal type. They have gift, the yeah. gift of helps. They're demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Mm-hmm. And I think Mr. Paul Damon falls a little bit in the two ah, category. Oh, nice. He's um he's so generous. He's demonstrative. He's a loving person. He's people pleasing. He's protective and caring. And I call him a very good Dutch mother at times <laughs> because he, oh. he spoils me. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I, you're you're the mother I never had. Yeah. You know, my mom's an awesome mom, and yeah. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. So the number three is the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. And um, that's yours truly. Yeah, your girl here. I am a three. I think that was my wing. Okay. Yeah, that's why we get along. So that's, oh, that's, that's it. That's, I think that's one, one of your unhealthy. The, the wings are the ones that are right next to your number. So yeah. how do you lean to the, that? But yeah, I got you. No, I think it was his healthy. His healthy. His healthy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, three. Yeah, yeah three. <laughs> so yeah, success oriented and the driver that just and not just how you're driving, but how you look when you're driving. You gotta, <laughs> gotta have the image has got to be intact. So strengths and weaknesses with that for sure. The four is the individualist, the sensitive, kind of withdrawn type, expressive though, dramatic, can be self-absorbed in temperament. This is your artist. This, these are your romantics. They write the best romance novels and movies and screenplays of love and life and theater and you know though though they're very very creative people yeah. Yeah. and you're saying that's when you're unhealthy you well, kind of I'm, I'm dramatic you're uh, dramatic yeah. oh yeah i i take i take I, I take the small little bit and i'll make a full masterpiece out of nothing that doesn't exist which is a great for a creative to do but when you're upset at something you can do that same thing which is the, the bad part uh, so we've got to learn how it would be interesting to learn the skills that you've but just back to the theme today of leadership so imagine if you've got a couple of fours on your staff which which we did yeah. you and julian is yeah. for sure yeah and so we would get into drama you know what's and it wasn't verbal drama yeah but it was just the sense of the sky is falling. Yeah. The yeah. sky is falling. Yeah. Eeyore, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's, it's okay. You guys just trust. Yeah. We could talk about trust in yeah. leadership too, yeah. which is such an important thing. Yeah. The five is the investigator. Uh, they're intense. The cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, sometimes uh, secretive and isolated because mm-hmm. the, the investigator doesn't always trust. So, yeah. They pull back a little bit and they're watching and they're wondering and they will investigate and they but they might be a little secretive like I'm not putting all my cards on the mm-hmm. table. 
I'm not telling you what I really think. You know a couple of those people. You know some of those? Yeah, some mm-hmm. of those. I try to keep secrets, but <laughs> I just... Like, ha- like my... <laughs> I need to tell the truth. I think I remember a funny story. My uh, When I proposed to Allison, I think from the platform, you said something. I was like, darn, not shit. <laughs> I was like... You, oh, you, that was hilarious. You, you said you, 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 I forgot what you did. Dwight, what? Dwight, who's single? Well, oh, you're right. Yeah, that was well, it. That was it. Not really, <laughs> Dwight. Can I tell everybody? <laughs> in in the, on the platform, yeah, that was in front of 200 people and all of Facebook. Yeah. Okay, I can't tell you. We have a secret, but I can't tell you. I can't keep secrets. Gosh, buddy. Which I can hold confidentialities, yeah. Yeah. but secrets—they're just too fun to share. All right. And then there's the seven, the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered at times. And um, then there's the eight. All right, Cam, you didn't think we were going to get to you. The eight is called, wait for it, the challenger. That's me. The challenger, the powerful, (laughs) dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and... mm, Confrontational. Cam? <laughs> Confrontational? Yeah. Not me. No. Cam man. No. He's so passive. He just never Wait, tells no. He never oh, says man. what's on his mind. What's funny is that Pastor Dawn's eight too, so don't let sure. her fool you guys, because she's an eight too. I'm just an extreme eight. Yeah. Like I'm and what's Dwight had a preconceived notion when he sent me this test. He was like, take this test. I already know what you are, though. And yeah, I was like, I told him what it was. Okay. Yeah. So then when I sent it back, he was like, exactly. I knew yeah. exactly what you, you knew were. <laughs> but you know, okay, going to our experience is what this podcast is about. We share our experience. And I think we talked about it last week. But when I first got to know Cam, I didn't understand his questioning. I He was asking questions. I thought he was questioning me, which is a difference. I thought he was questioning the wisdom or the integrity or some of those, you know, motives versus he's just asking questions. Why? Like, like you didn't grow out of that stage that three-year-olds go through. Why this? and Why that? Why? Why? I never in that childhood, you could say, do as I say, not as I do. I'll be like, why? I'm not. No. If you say, don't smoke cigarettes, but I see you outside smoking a cigarette, I'm going to be like, mm, <laughs> you said yeah. something different. So I just ask a lot of questions. I didn't mean any harm. Yeah. But also in my challenging, I've learned that it can be disruptive and distracting. Because mm-hmm. with us eights, we can be influential, and people around us will start to get the same temperament. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, why did we do that? Or yeah, why? And their questions will turn into something that wasn't as innocent mm-hmm. as mine. Mine will be... It just doesn't make sense. I got to figure this out. Theirs will be, sometimes theirs can be pre preconceived. I asked this question and it didn't get answered. So now you're asking, I'm going to jump on the tail end of you. Mm-hmm. Or you'll say what I want to say, so I'm going to jump in on this. So I've learned to pull back some and mm-hmm. say, okay, we can challenge behind closed doors. Me and Dwight have had it out sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Or that was awful. And you're going to let that slide. And it was... It was a lot of conversations that I just didn't understand. I was like, I don't get it. And but, you were learning culture. Yep. Now I get it. Yeah. Now it's just like sometimes you know. for the sake of a challenger has to learn that the person sometimes is more important than the point that you're trying to get across. Absolutely. So I've had to learn sometimes to shut up because the person, you'll crush that individual. And although the point may be valid, you'll never hear me say that my point is wrong. Yeah. When I talk to me, I'm always right. And I feel like when I talk to everybody else, I'm always right. That's not true. 
but sorry, I don't. I mean, hit the mic. <laughs> Drop the mic. There's... I don't know which camera we are. But <laughs> you know, I've learned to be quiet. You know, yeah. but so. that's such a great distinction yep. because uh, the challenger or the number eight, they do tend to be more into facts and the why behind the what and the task than the people. Yeah. So that's a good distinction to say yeah. it's not it's not about the people it's not cutting someone down or I'm it's not a matter of me not liking you it's I'm I am challenging the system I am yep. challenging yep. that's yes. thus the name the challenger I'm challenging the the operation or the why we're doing it that yep. way because instinctually instinctively the eights have a lot of intuition and good ideas yep. And so they, they, the eights also fast track. Yeah. So you might say, why are we doing it this way when we could do da, 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 and that's it. Yeah. So, but leading from the middle of the pack, we have to remember that we're still leaders. Yeah. We might not be the lead dog, but we're still leading yeah. and influencing. And so you're right. Someone might take your challenging style and misunderstand it, yep. and then it can really communicate disloyalty yeah. or a hostile takeover. Yep. <laughs> and that's where we got. Well, we work fast, yeah. and now Pastor Don's one of yep. my best friends. So yep. me and Dwight, we still have our issues, but I'm just there kidding. We don't yeah. have our issues. He'll be all right. <laughs> he's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, the nine is the peacemaker. Now, Dwight, you said you're not a nine. I didn't yeah. hear that, but you do have peacemaking. Yeah, so nine, so like the with Enneagram, you have a wing. So like as a one, I lean to the nine. So like I'm a one with a wing nine, which means I care a lot about peace. So it's like perfectionism and peace. So I, I want to be perfect, but I want to make sure everybody is... Good. Like I make sure the peace is down and that feels well. You know, so that, that that's a part. Whereas in terms of helping, I'll help people out, but I care more about peace than I do about helping somebody out. But yeah, peacemakers, it's, it's a tough job to be sometimes. Zero percent. So it's uh, the easygoing, <laughs> self-effacing style, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Yeah. Yep. That's that's a that's that's a real thing. It's, zero percent. It's, it's a it's he's a zero percent. None. No peacemaker. Yep. None. At all. So why is it important? I'm asking us the question that we started with, but getting to know the people that you lead is so important because it makes you a better leader. We could say, I want everybody to fall in line and everybody to do what I say and mm. don't ask questions. But I really think that we would be shortchanging the ministry yeah. or the organization. Yep. And ultimately, I think it will cost us our leadership. Yep. Because remember when we did the five dysfunctions of a team? Oh, yeah. Yep. Patrick Lencioni wrote this book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And the foundation of any team has to be trust. Yep. And if yep. you don't have trust, you really can't build the teamwork. Yep. And so getting to know one another, mm -hmm. not expecting everybody to show up the same or act the same. Or here's the thing, I maybe we don't let other voices come to the table or bring other ideas yep. because we're just trying to jam everything into the small end yep. of the funnel. Yep. And, and and I think that that's, that's where the maturity... Real quick, I think we skipped six, the loyalists. Oh. Is that on there? The number six? D Dwight's number one wants to make sure oh, oh, that we... Oh, you saw it in action. Sorry, that, that was totally... I thought she went one through eight. She, I think she's, she went from she five went... to seven. You're right, I did. And the six... <laughs> the moral compass got us back on track. Hallelujah for the compass. <laughs> and if I didn't have Dwight here, all of you ones would have just turned yeah. us off. Woof. Yeah. So this is the loyalist, the the committed, the security-oriented type. 
<laughs> the engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The loyalist. Yeah. But what, what I was gonna say it was just like with all of the types, there's like a, a maturity. Like there's a maturity in leadership. There's a maturity in your type. Like I remember when I look back over my like growing up. I would kind of understand that I had a perfectionist mentality and looking back over it, I always thought like if somebody wasn't being like perfect, then they were wrong. Like it's just like you're wrong. And I just didn't want to listen to you. I want to hear from you. I didn't respect. I didn't honor you. And so it's like all of these little things that we have to, once we acknowledge it, we have to mature in that and call out like, yeah, that's not okay. But it that takes humility. And I think in all of these different, all of the, the types, it requires a level of humility um, in order to effectively lead somebody. You can lead somebody, um, but I wouldn't really call it leading. I call it like telling them or controlling people. You can become a control freak by just making them do what you want them to do, but it's just like, nah, you got you to gotta grow in it. Well, that's a really good point. Leaders have to have followers. Yeah. So if you're yep. really leading, you've yep. got people who are willingly following mm-hmm. you and following your influence. And so in order for that to happen, you got to build that trust. And in order to build trust... Because some people will give you their trust just by virtue of your position. But there's a whole lot of more people, if I can say it that way, a whole lot of more people. They're not going to just follow you because you're the leader. They want to, especially when, you know, we always say there's a reason behind every behavior. Mm. Not just your personality temperament, but there's a reason behind the behavior. Everyone comes with a story, Mm -hmm. their own experience, their own journey. And very often, there's trauma there. There's something. And so you're trying to lead a person who's different than you, thinks different, has a different temperament, and has a story, perhaps some pain involved. Mm -hmm. So you really do. you got to build that trust. Or or you're not a leader. You're a boss. Understanding that breach is, or that trauma, is harder, in my opinion, for men. Because Mm -hmm. we're not taught. And, and that goes down a whole nother path. That'll be another day. But we're not really taught how to deal with your emotions. So if you don't know how to deal with them yourself, you don't know how to show them. You don't know. So it could be something that has nothing to do with the situation that's going on. But something has triggered in me. And now I'm defensive. Or now I'm frustrated. And the, it happened here a few times. And <laughs> so Dwight, because we work closely together, he would learn to be like, like, he'll ask me something, and my temperament will be off. And he'll be like, okay, forget that. Are you okay? Like, what's right. what's, what's really going, going on? on? Yep. Like, what's up yep. behind? And I had to learn that, first of all, I had to trust him to say, I can be open, because I'm not an open person. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what I want you to know. Because in my mind, everybody goes to talk to 900 people. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell my business anyway. So I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you what I want you to know that I don't mind your sister and your auntie knowing. So... I had to learn how to trust them to be vulnerable. And it shows that breach, that trauma that has happened, like, you know, with this going on at home or this going on in my in my head. But the conversation that stems from that helps him better understand me as a person, my viewpoint, my situation at home, and it helps me better understand and trust so then I'm a good follower. Because to me, you're not a good leader if your followers, if it's just about money or position. Like if I'm leading people that I've hired and that's the extent of our leadership or that's the extent of my leadership, I don't think that really tests you as a good leader. That's just, like you said, a boss. He became a good leader to me when I learned to be able to trust, to be able to say, this is sensitive. It's like, you know, when my little brother or sister falls and cuts themselves, 
it hurts them, mm-hmm. but they don't want you to touch it. Yeah. And it's like, I got to touch it to make it feel better in the long run. Yeah. Like, I got to put something on it. It might sting for a second. That's right. So that became a huge part of our relationship. I became a, a, a follower, and I was like, I got your back to the end of the earth yep. because I showed you a sensitive or vulnerable place, and you didn't cast me aside, or you didn't, you know, you right. cared more about that trauma. So understanding that is important. And and as men, we got to learn how to, you know, communicate that and verbalize that because mm-hmm. it can be a lot to carry sometimes and it can spill over into your, not only your leadership style, your work ethic, um, how you support somebody else, your relationships, you're like mm-hmm. it spills over into everything. It does it, everything. Yep. And what you're describing there is, is really good leadership. Well done, Dwight, once again. But, you know, you tended to his heart. Yep. And so when a leader tends to your heart, not just your performance, mm. then you you do. You want you want to you're all in. Yep. Yeah. The the reservation ends where you say, you know, I'm not giving you everything. I'm gonna hold back something. But when trust begins to be built, now it's like I want you to win. I want us to win as a team. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just working for you. I'm working with you. Mm-hmm. We're doing this together. Yep. Our goals and our objectives become transcendent, like we're doing this for a bigger purpose. Yep. And all of those things. So when a leader will take time to tend to the heart and the soul of the people who are on his or her team, the organization will go faster further because you're yeah. going to get more productivity and synergy and yep joy in the workplace and that's really those things are important especially in christian ministry of course because yeah, the bible talks about like it, in some cases for me i feel like do i just naive but it's just like no i my honest i have like a little kid's heart like it's like i believe everybody is good like i believe i know that there are some bad people quote-unquote bad people out there but it's just like i believe that every person has a jewel of good in them because i i look at it not to be like super duper preachy but I look at it like. Go ahead, Jake. Let me quiet. I look at it like, um, like Jesus looks at us. Like there's there's a hope of salvation in every single person. So whenever I I take that same mindset when I'm leading people, it's just like there's there's something great inside of every person that I'm leading. Rather now, what I consider great in terms of performance, you might not be able to perform well, but I think there's something great in you. And for my for me, it's my job to try to draw out that greatness that's inside of you. Um, now, sometimes to a fault, which is like, do I, you got to let go the person that's the one it as well. Um, but then, but my default is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to draw the best out of you. And then if it doesn't work out, I, I want to make sure that it's like, I did all, literally all that I could to try to try to make somebody um, to become the best version of self. And so I think about when Cam first came, it was just like, okay, all right, Cam's a different, he's a, he's a different character in the, in the, in the space. Then it was like, okay, then it was like, Pastor, now it's like, okay, these two people. So I'm, I talked about last time about being in the middle. It was like, okay, let me get to know. I know Don's heart. I know Cam's heart. Now I just got to figure out how to get these two hearts to talk to each other. And so, and so, and, and so it was like really trying to, 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 to guide and to, and to, and to lead um, from lead up and lead down in the space and making sure, like, because I, I was just like, they'll be best friends. I know they will. I know they'll be best friends. They just got to know it. And, then, and so I, just, I had to bring them to the tea party together. Throw us in a room, lock yeah. the door, and see who and, comes and, out yeah, we, 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 we had we, we one day had a meeting, and the three of us sat, and I was just like, okay. And I just sat back and said, hey, guys, how you guys doing? And, 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 it, and that's what happened. And, and it's... And this is when we talk about when we talk about leading and the different personalities, leaning into the tension, like leaning into the tension and saying, we can, we I believe that we can work this out, especially with uh, being a Christian organization. We have that at the basis of it. And that's 
Yeah. So that that's and but that's the ugly truth about church. The ugly truth about church is that people don't lean in, as you said. People discard. Yep. Or they gossip or talk about or say one thing, do another. It isn't an honest an honest walk towards the tension. We had a very honest walk towards this impasse that you know. And most of the time, you know in church is coming. You know me and this person may have an issue down the line at some point because just our personalities aren't clicking immediately. And the natural progression of humans is at one point or another, you're going to disagree. So that that moment is going to happen. The ugly truth about church is that it's supposed to be a place where that moment can happen and people can grow from it. But what tends to happen is that impasse, that that moment of disagreement happens, that tension, and I go talk about you. I don't ever come to you and try to deal with it. I go talk about you or I discard you and I make other people want to talk about you. It's supposed to be a place of healing, but so often it becomes ridicule. It becomes condemnation. It becomes, and it's like, that's an awful truth. Like, yeah, so now you're on a whole nother subject, but the reality is is that the church is to be a hospital for people who are not well. So yeah. you have people who are brand new in their faith. You have people who are pre-Christian. They don't even know really Jesus yet. Yeah. They're there to find some things out or they find a place of belonging. You know, the reality is that church can be such a loving place that it draws a lot of broken people yep. because for the first time in their life, they feel loved and accepted until they meet that second person mm-hmm. who for their first time in their lives, they feel loved and accepted. Yep. And then those two hook up and then they have a falling out yep. and they don't have any skills. Yep. They don't have any conflict resolution church experience. So, you know, church is like any other thing. It's a mass of human beings. And yep. there's a scripture in Proverbs that I love, too. It says, without oxen, the yep. manger is clean, yep. you know, yep. but there's strength in numbers. So I know that we heal best in community. God made it that way. That In fact, the brain even shows it, that healing and nurturing happens best through loving relationships. So it's both and, right? Mm-hmm. Loving relationships, but then... They have the most opportunity to, to hurt you. And yep. when we're not in our, like you talked about the weaknesses of perhaps the, the numbers that we yeah. are, these numbers aren't to pigeonhole us, but just maybe to describe our temperament and yeah. our personality. You get in a weakness, otherwise known as flesh. Oh, yeah. Right? The carnal <laughs> yep. man, yep. not walking in the spirit. Yep. And the human being all by themselves before Jesus anything upon birth, yep. we are selfish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are narcissistic. It's all about us. Give me some milk and nobody gets hurt. Right. I will scream up in here yep. until somebody gives me what I want. Yep. And just because I feel like it, I'm going to rule. You, you, Who rules the household? <laughs> yeah. The two-year-old. The baby. Yep. The baby. Well, sometimes church is like that. Who's ruling the church? The babies. Yep. Sometimes that's why leadership is so critically important because mm-hmm. leaders set the culture. And uh, we can't acquiesce. We can understand that that's what's in our midst. But leaders set the culture. And if a leader is not emotionally healthy, then a leader gets sucked up into the crazy and becomes part of it instead of correcting it and walking out the truth and modeling what it should look like. And, and, And you have to do... Some people say, like, I'm a leader at my job, but I'm not when it comes to this. To me, leadership is a lifestyle. Like if you, if if you, let's say you, like if I'm in church and I I don't get sucked into the culture of the church, and you know, and I'm able to lead a worship team well, but my uh, my my household is all broken, then I, I would say I would question like 
well, what do you mean when you say you're a leader? You can perform well at a church and follow all the rules, but a le- to be a leader is to really be able to do that in- introspective work to identify yes. who you are as a person. Because then after that, then you can grow it from there. It has to be sustainable. Like that hit yeah. a nerve. I don't like that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that, no, I mean, I'm saying it hit a nerve because that inward look is important. Yeah. I was just talking before we started the podcast that my last birthday hit and something changed in my in my thought process and I started to have to look inward more than at my situation outward and I had to be okay you're toxic in certain areas yep. you know this whole attitude of I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say and ain't nobody gonna say nothing to me about it it's unhealthy in some mm-hmm. settings because you're crushing people mm-hmm. you know or you're manipulative because you know you have influence so you lean towards mm-hmm things that you want. Like I had to look at me and say, you know, there's an ugly side to this coin that, yeah, yeah, that isn't pretty. And that, and that, and that, and we're work. It it takes a lot. It it takes a lot of, uh, it it takes a a lot of emotional, just strength to kind of get through it, you know? And I think as leaders, it's our job to expose those. Like there's some things that Pastor Don exposed me. I was just like, okay, yeah, you're right. And so like, like what you just talked about, like there's, there are these moments where as a leader, if the people you're following aren't having like the aha moments of like, dang, he called, he or she called something out, it's like, okay. And it doesn't have to happen every time. Like, that's not a metric, but I think it should be something to be said that you should be challenging the way the people that you're following that they think and process through life. Because I was, like, one of the, one of my characteristics was the the, the Debbie Downer. Like, if someone says something, I'd be like, oh, no, it's, that's not going to work. 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 It's just like, and I would be like, and in my brain, it was just like, I'm helping the room. Like, I'm helping everybody know what's going on. And all the air is getting sucked <laughs> yeah. out of the room. All the creativity and is just like, blowing out. Yeah, I just... Can we just? Are, are we done? Are you done? And, but I learned like there, there's a space for that, and there's a space for there should be a space for people to be themselves. But like if you're not careful, um, you could just be the person that's sucking the air out of the room, or be the person that does the whatever that you're doing. And that's a, that, I love that quality though about you two specifically about not sucking the air out of the room. I don't like yeah. that quality, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the challenging. I love um, gasping for breath. Yeah. <laughs> the challenging me as a leader and as a person to just be better. I know I've grown since I've been working here tremendously. You know, I'm able to, it's funny because this is a polished version of a challenger. If you'd have caught me like a year and a half ago, yep. there's no See? way Pastor Don would have let me been on the podcast because <laughs> my mouth was awful. So, but challenging me to be better while also, Jesus you know, and he loves me. <laughs> yeah, right. while also caring about more than my gift. Like, I know I talk about that a lot, but that's because people pull on my gift, you know. So being around people that's going to challenge me as a person and challenge me to be better, like, you can't say that. Like, I don't care how how talented you are, that was wrong. And then I had to come back and be like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, say it like that. But, I mean, what qualities do you guys, I guess, value most in a leader in in mm. any setting? Oh, that value most in a leader. <laughs> Well, I know that our time is almost gone, so I will be brief, but... um, We still got a little time. Okay, we do. Mm -hmm. All right. What quality do I value most? There's so many come to the the surface, but I really... It comes down to integrity of leadership. You know, integrity for me is... You talked about it. You talked... Being the same here as you are here, yeah. integrity comes from a, a mathematic term of integer or integrity wholeness. 
So wherever I cut the slice of bread, this loaf of bread, wherever I cut it, it's the same all the way through. So integrity for me and a leader is you're the same. And um, I really value consistency. Um, consistency is important to me. I, I know that we have to be fluid right now and agile as leaders or we're going to get crushed with this COVID and all this. We have to move quickly. But I do like consistency in leadership. I don't like the, um, oh, we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants. We're making it up as we go and think that somehow charisma will be, will yeah. trump, you know, organization and yeah. thought out. So, yeah, integrity and consistency is important for me. Yeah. I think for me it would be, uh, integrity, those are two good ones. For me, I think accountability, like a leader that holds me accountable, that's like going to say, okay, you said this, now do it. Because I, I, um, it, it's it's easy to just kind of just you know be able to go and do things, but like when a, like when I have a leader that says okay hey okay you said you do this now be sure to do that you know and I think that that is uh, probably probably that one um, as well as leaders leaders that trust me so I think accountability and trust are the two big ones um, so which feels weird because accountability is definitely you know kind of making sure you're good but then trust means that I trust you know what you're doing but I think I think that blend of that because I when someone just trusts me to kind of do it and go off. I can, I can, the integrity could be compromised without the accountability. So I think I need, I like both. But then if you, if you're uh, on me all the time, it's just like, well, do you trust me to do anything? So it's, it's that blend of, of both that I think are, are pretty What helpful. president said that, Reagan, right? Delegate and then verify. Yeah, yeah. Tr yeah trust and verify. Like the trust two and thing. verify. Yeah, like that's some, that's, I think that's something I learned, like the engineering world where, you know, you do the code, that's fine, you do it. But I want to have somebody review it just to make sure that it's good uh, because at the end of the day, it's the team that will be affected by it. So I think that's, that's those would be, that would be my, my. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't even think of accountability or integrity. Oh. I feel bad now. So no, those you, are good. What yeah. were yours? Um, I, I like somebody who challenges me. So I guess that would be accountability. Yeah. So I did think about that. Um, my second one would be, let me see, a healthy communicator. Because mm -hmm. yeah. although I'm a challenger, it's weird because once you get to know me and I love you, I have a real soft spot for the people that I care about. So I'm really aggressive towards people that bother the people that I care about. So the challenger just kind of broadens out. At first it was here, then if I love you, you come into the spectrum, and then I'm challenging everybody else who says something to you. So like my love language is the words of affirmation. So it's this weird combination of like I beat you down, but also need somebody to tell me <laughs> that I'm doing something right, you know. So it's this weird yes, combination. Yes, so I need yes. somebody that is healthy at communicating that can tell me that's good, Cam. Because for me, that's it. You don't got to – I don't need gifts. I don't need everything. You tell me you did a good job. I'm happy. I'm cool. I can go about my business. So you have to be a healthy communicator. Those that aren't all of the the – unhealthy sides of my Enneagram. Yeah. So the unhealthy sides of the eight, which is you can shut down, you can intentionally just cause issues in the organization just because you know you can. Like All those come out when you don't communicate healthy to me. When you just, that unhealthy church culture, that unhealthy organization and culture where it's just do here, do this, and I'm never going to come back. I'm never going to check on it. I'm just going to run you over to the next thing. I'll be like, oh, okay. You think that's what we're about to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to poke all the holes in this idea <laughs> and organization that I can think of. Well, now I know what's been going on. <laughs> right. And, um, you all know how to pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stopped. 
they're around here. I, I pulled back. One, no. you know? um, this has been great, you guys, and I hope that it's been helpful for others. I, I yeah. believe it has. It's been really enlightening for me. And um, I'm going to go change job descriptions here in just a minute. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. And one of the phrases that I learned to adopt a long time ago, I learned from another pastor about 30 years ago probably, was suspend judgment and investigate. And it's a little bit different than your trust and verify, yeah. but because we rush in with judgment, one of the greatest things I think I've learned as a leader, and I still work and practice it all the time, suspend judgment and investigate. So leaders doing the job of not, like you said, you opened up the program with the proverb that one man's story seems right until another one steps up. And so leadership is a both-and world. Mm-hmm. It's knowing how to lead your people. It's knowing how to define reality. It's knowing how to set culture. And it's knowing how to conflict and problem solve. Yeah. And, and knowing that, okay, a wise leader like Solomon, you know, that king, how he just, he waited and he listened. Okay, that was your story. That's great. Now let me go investigate before I make judgments and decisions. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's just what I'm thinking about as you're talking about things that in your leadership, that's going to be a great a great thing for you. I like that. So yeah. I'm going to suspend my judgment, and I'll investigate. Yeah. It's a great thing for a challenger, us eights. It's, yeah. a good, it's a good thing. It's hard. I don't know how you do that because that's going to be that's hard for Practice. me. Practice. Yeah. yeah. Practice. And when, when your brain goes down the pathway that it's so used to going down, and you interrupt that pattern, you say, nope, stop. Let me, you know what? Let me hold my tongue a moment. Let me investigate that. I'll get back to you. Hold my tongue. You not oh. Cam not say nothing. What? <laughs> no, I've, 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 and that's in terms of the affirmation. He he has legitimately like I legit have been watching him kind of grow in this space, and it's it's, it's been pretty cool. And even I've been growing in, in other areas as well. So, hallelujah, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I'm teasing, but yes, yeah, so much growth. It's been great. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is Don Scott Damon. I've been your podcast host along with well really cam okay. i just asked a question she has the greatest intros so you know i'm gonna <laughs> learn one. i'm yeah. learning I'm cam learning. green everybody yeah. and dwight hudson yes. soon to be mr well no i've already been, i've always been mr <laughs> How do you, i was gonna say mr and mrs yeah. soon to be uh, wedded soon to be wedded that's yes. a good way of saying yep. it the, yeah. the, the the countdown clock is ticking. Almost two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it was that close. Yes. That's yeah. awesome. He's, he's married now. I'm married now. New rules. Yeah. <laughs> he told me he was wearing his wedding ring around just to yes. get used to it. I, I wore it on a call we had last week, and and somebody messaged me. They were just like, did you guys elope? I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just practicing with the ring just to make sure I get used to it being on my hand. That's funny. So. You have to pra- Is that part of marriage? Only number ones you- practice wearing their <laughs> wedding ring. They got to get it right. Like, Do you practice? I, I got to make sure that like I don't like throw. Yeah. It's been a good podcast. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. This is Don Scott Damon, your host, saying, keep it real, tribes. We'll see you next time.